1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the second Monday of January. Who knew? We're already, I don't know what percent in. Welcome to 2021. This is Read My Lips. Cool conversations with creatives, and I am thrilled, honored, uh, exhilarated to have a whole family of creators with me today. I don't think I've ever done this. I met a gentleman named David F. Dorazi, D apostrophe o-r-a-z-i at a publicity summit oh a couple of months ago and he said i want to be on your show i wrote a book about my dad and he's this artist that nobody remembers hearing about and he was brilliant and troubled and what a life and i said well i don't know maybe maybe not and dave kept persisting and persisting and he emailed me and he sent me pictures and he sent me a copy of the book and it went on and on and i said oh i have a bunch of sons i said what he said, yeah, one's an artist, one's a remodeler, one's a TV producer, one one teaches. And I said, What? And I said, Okay, get me your family, get me all the guys. And he said, I will. And here we are today. <laughs> and we've got David Durazzi, and we've got Michael John Durazzi, and we've got Ryan Durazzi, and we've got Vincent Durazzi, Vince, and we've got Daniel Durazzi. And I'm thrilled. So, again, welcome, 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 my Radio Red Gentlemen. You have to help me. We have to do a shout out to LLL. She's my most loyal listener, lovely Lanky. Laura Legg. So I want all of you to say Happy New Year, LLL. You're ready? One, two, three. Happy Happy New Year. 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 There you go. And we're still taking up a GoFundMe because she lives in Whitestone, New York, and it doesn't start with L. So I started last year with GoFundMe. We want to move her to London, whether she wants to go or not. Okay. so everybody's going to contribute a little to the fun. This is a show where I talk to people who understand what creativity means. What is creativity? Are you born with it? Do you learn it? We're going to find out from the beautiful, handsome. I'm sorry to compliment you guys, but I'm really very, very impressed. With all of you, it's I read okay. your bio. Oh, thank you! I read your bios and and. I, I just it's almost like David said, OK, we'll write really cool bios for all four of my sons and you'll have to live up to it. But I know that I know that this is real. So let's go around the table and do have you each do a brief introduction. I don't want to read anything about you. I want to hear from you. So, David Durazzi, I know you you wrote the book. I know you had help from one or more of your sons. Um, just give us a little background on who you are. Is creativity something you learn, something you inherit? And who was Tony and what in the world is the in-between artist? I'm going to put you on speaker view so everybody can see you when they see the video. Go ahead, David. Welcome. Okay. Yes. Thank you very
2: much for having me. Yeah. From Los Angeles, California, born and raised in a little town, Eagle Rock. And the in-between artist uh, was a, a cartoonist for Disney. My dad was a cartoonist for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And they were looking for, back then they didn't have graphics or anything, and basically they they put one, they made one scene flow, one cell frame flow to the other cell frame, so it was smooth by a bunch of pages of different motion. So it all got, looked like one, if a guy's starting to run and get to the other end, it might be seven flip photos to get to that, and that's what the in-between artist was.
1: Very interesting. And when did you decide to write the story of your father's life?
2: I started to write the story of my father's life about six years ago. My mom, about 12 years ago, before she passed, she passed 10 years ago. She says, I found all these boxes in the garage, thousand uh, notepads and just bunch of bunch of writing just scattered all over the place. You might want to write about your dad someday. So I decided It was time getting near retirement says my dad had such an amazing life. I need to share it with the world. You know, so I did. And it took me those years. I, you know, I cried, I laughed, I threw away pages here and there and finally put it together and I was done and called my son Vince and he could tell you the rest. I said, Hey, I need help editing this story. So.
1: And there we That's go. Nice. And thank you. I have to say, David. What you want me to call you, David? David. Who do you want no, to? No, you today? call me
2: David. That's cool. Okay, I like David. David.
1: We'll be formal. Okay, <laughs> yeah. David. I read the whole book today, cover to cover. It's um, you get, sent me the PDF, which I really appreciate. It's about a hundred pages in change, and I thought, well, how good could this be? You had me at the first page. I was drawn in. I couldn't wait for each next page to tell me more about the story. You didn't hold back. He no. did have a very psychologically up and down troubled life, manic depressive, a lot of ups and downs and interruptions and plays. We're going to talk about his creativity in a few minutes. But David, I have a question for you before we go to Vince, who you mentioned a second ago. David, do you consider yourself a creative?
2: Yes, I do. I do. I, I, I feel I, I, I look at something from a different aspect and I put something there that nobody else thinks about. It's just something inside, like in sales. I've been in sales for many years. I've been creative, like somebody has a certain way of selling. I have my own way, and it's very creative, and it's been very successful.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Vince, you are up. Vince DeRozzi, so happy to meet you. Uh, As well,
2: Red. Nice to meet you. Thank (laughs) you. You're
1: very sweet. I know there's an Emmy Award somewhere on your shelf. I don't see it on the video here. but (laughs) I keep it out of sight. (laughs) Well, you don't have to, but we didn't talk about that before. Vince, why don't you introduce yourself not only as the editor, but give us your background, please. And what does creativity mean to you? Vince, welcome.
3: Thank you, Red. Well, my name is Vince Durazzi and I'm the oldest of the four brothers that are joining us here today. And basically what I ended up doing in life is producing television shows. And I got started doing that at a young age. You know, growing up here in Los Angeles kind of allowed me to get my foot in the door early. And I remember even growing up as a child, around Los Angeles, seeing TV shows being filmed. I remember being a kid and a fan of the show Starsky and Hutch in the late seventies. Mm-hmm. And one time driving with my dad near downtown LA and seeing their iconic red sports car parked out in front of a Denny's near downtown LA. So we went inside to have a look and there, you know we saw one of the two guys from Starsky and Hutch on, a, on the phone recording a scene. and. You know, it's just something I've always been interested in doing since a child and even knowing that my grandfather, Tony, grew up being a TV star. And then also his daughter and my dad's sister, Kathy, she was also an actress as well. And, you know, there's, there's always been that blood in our family, that TV blood, even though, you know, TV only started in my grandfather's generation. So... You know, I've enjoyed working on all sorts of productions since I was right out of high school. And I've worked on everything from feature films, music videos, commercials, documentaries, you name it. And, you know, over the last 20 years, ended up working primarily on reality based television programs, which I enjoy since I've always enjoyed documentary filmmaking because many times, as you know, truth is stranger than fiction. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah <laughs> Absolutely Thank you, Vince. Uh, interesting about Tony. Tony had he wanted to be a radio star but he wanted to teach cartoon drawing. And he managed to talk a couple of radio station managers into letting him have a radio show. And then when TV started, he wanted to do it on TV, and he had his own TV show. We'll we'll talk a little more about Tony, but interesting. Do you feel in any way that you're following in his footsteps from the production side, Vince, of your grandfather's footsteps as a TV, almost a pioneer?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, lately, I've also been getting into producing digital content, which grows a much bigger audience. And also, it really is a lot easier to produce stuff nowadays than I think about when my grandfather was doing it. And even when I was starting to do it just about 20 years ago. Nowadays, we all have cameras on our cell phones, people can generate their own content from home. And, you know, nowadays, it's just a lot easier and a lot more people have access to being able to create and have a worldwide audience if they want to. So I think my grandpa Tony would have really appreciated yes. how things progressed over time. And who knows in, you know, 20, 30 years, my son, what he's creating, he's only four years old right now and he's already wanting to make videos on my phone of him dancing or doing little performances and stuff like that. So. There's definitely something in our blood that makes us want to create and entertain people, I would say.
1: Thank you very much. And production has indeed become very democratized with the advent of carrying what used to be, I was a computer programmer way back. I was, people tell me I was an early woman in tech. I was key punching guys working on a Xerox Sigma six CP five, where I had to step up on a stool to put the disc pack in the drive. <laughs> wow. The pack was this big in a disc drive. <laughs> and we had key punch. I had a, had boxes of cards and they put them in with the job control language and they ran the program. And, and it was absolutely Fascinating, just fascinating. But anyway, today you got the whole damn computer room and the size of hello, here it is with, with everything. It has changed. And on that note, I'm going to move along to Daniel, Daniel DeRazzi. Welcome. Happy to have you. David, what is with this handsome gene in this family? I'm getting <laughs> overwhelmed. I feel like I'm at a gallery of movie stars here. <laughs> Come on, guys, please take that as a very sincere compliment. I'm a little overwhelmed. Thank you. Daniel, welcome. Please rescue Thank me. You. Talk to me, Daniel. Tell us about yourself, please.
4: Well, I grew up with everybody see on the screen here, but when it comes to creativity and art, I've always enjoyed drawing and doing art projects in, in grade school, you know, when teachers would tell me always, oh, your art looks great. I, always get straight A's in art. Then in high school, I got, when I graduated, like the art award of the class, my graduating class. And then in college, going into college, I did four years of junior college, not knowing what to major in. Then I decided art because it's what I like to do and what is easy for me, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So I did, um, I went to Long Beach State, studied painting and drawing, did two years of studying over in Italy in Florence, during that time, study abroad program. And then after college, I didn't know what I wanted to do still and figured, okay, art, the only thing I could do is really teach or try to be the starving artist or hopefully make it big and become rich selling paintings. But I couldn't really find work making money that I wanted to do. So I kind of use my art ability and skills and uh I use it in construction now, building things, building houses, remodeling homes. So that's kind of where I took my art skill to is into construction.
1: Does that bring you joy, creative joy?
4: Yes, I love seeing the start and especially the finish of a project. I like, I like to see something happen, not just the same thing every day, but I like to see something start and finish.
1: Interesting, and and you know, I guess from the book and from your dad's research that your grandfather, Tony, tried so many times to go to Italy because he wanted to see Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel. And I did read the book, guys. I really did. He, and he tried and he got as far as New York several times and turned back for different reasons at different times. Very, very interesting. And and his wife didn't go with him. I, I don't know whether Tony will talk. I'm sorry, David will talk about that in a minute about why he didn't get to Italy. But interesting times have certainly changed. Thank you, Daniel. Really, really nice to have you on. And let's go to Ryan. I've got these in age order. David told me your name, your ages. Yeah. So I've got Vincent and Daniel and Ryan, and then Michael will be last. Ryan, welcome, and I'm going to put you on speaker view. So tell me, who oh, okay. are you? Okay,
5: Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was always uh, around my brothers growing up and, and exposed to art. I remember, you know, drawing around the table and even with Daniel and, mm-hmm. and Vince and Michael and just kind of living in that uh, in that creative world as a child. And then, you know, as I grew older, trying to figure out, you know how to make a living, um, being a creative, which it, it took me in a lot of different directions. I started off as a sign painter, um, which was also something my grandfather used to do mm-hmm. in his early career. Um, you know, hand lettering, uh, gold leaf, things like that—traditional types of uh, sign painting that we don't really see anymore because of um, you know the advent of digital technology mm-hmm. and and going along with that. So I started doing that. I figured, you know, I could always make a living, walk around, see you at a faded sign and and offer services. And then it turned into, Oh, can you do uh, a logo? Can you do, you know, print work? Can you do different types of advertising? And, you know, as a creative, you know, at the moment, maybe I didn't really know exactly what to do, but I, I knew that I could pursue it and figure out how to do it. So, that path kind of took me down the road of eventually becoming a a web and uh, interface designer, which is what I do now for a living um, for a construction software company actually. And um, it's, it's just been a a long journey. I tried out a lot of different avenues, worked in Hollywood for a while um, making websites and and advertising for movies and entertainment. Um, I, I worked for a museum, the Huntington library for, a few years doing, you know, interactive exhibits and, and touch screens and websites or in gallery types of experiences. Um, so really touched a lot of different areas of art and, um, and really just fascinated by my grandfather. You know, I never uh, met him. I was born um, after he passed away. But mm-hmm. just hearing all the stories and and seeing the scrapbooks and seeing, you know, the amazing work that he did and the, and the life that, that he led and his pursuit, you know, I I really can identify with a lot of that. Even he taught art in, um, you know, to children and, and students. And, and I ended up doing that for a long time uh, at the Pasadena Art Center. So, and even talking to my grandma, I remember she would always tell me, you know, that, you know, I really kind of reminded her of my grandfather and I always, you know, I'm just so fascinated with his character and what he was able to do and and overcome his struggles
1: thank you very much very nice to meet you i have a question for david in a minute but i want to get to mm-hmm. michael michael am i calling you michael or michael john who would you decide you want you to be you can call today? him
6: michael let's do michael okay cool. we'll make
1: it easy michael michael let's round up the pack here so i'm going to put you on mm-hmm. speaker view and when you fill in the blanks who is michael derazi go ahead
6: all right well um yeah so in in regards to creativity i um i basically i uh, got into the teaching field it was kind of a windy road to get there i um I did some production when I was younger and i did my undergrad in anthropology mm. and um and then um did some traveling like my grandpa i kind of had that calling and did that after college i was luck- lucky enough to do it young and um So, yeah, and then I I knew I wanted to teach at one point, and then I discovered the field of um, VI, which is visual impairment. So I'm a teacher of the blind and visually impaired. And, um, you know, it takes a certain creative approach, and that's kind of what called me to to the field. And I think one thing, like when I was uh, looking into the field, they had something called a story box where Hmm. you would – there would be a kid's book, um, and then you would have to adapt it into tactile, uh, means. And so you create a box, let's say it's about the ocean. So you create it, you put water and sand in there and maybe animals of the sea. So it kind of relates, uh, to what's going on for the students. So once I, I kind of saw that it clicked and, um, yeah, like the creative approach of just teaching different concepts and, um, and, you know, thinking about the connections to my grandpa, you know, he taught on the radio, so he kind of taught art without that visual medium for a while. And um, you know, I, I'm actually teaching without using a visual medium every day, whether it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, math or the planets or colors or stuff like that. So, yeah. thank
1: you. Interesting in a family of artists and people who are so visually oriented that you are the one who bridges to people who don't get to who appreciate that, who don't get to have that connection. I, I applaud you for that. David, do you ever sit to yes. these guys all down at dinner and say, what have I created here? Look at my family. Look at the, the heart. Look at the passion. Look at the compassion. Look at the, Do you ever just sit around the table and say, wow, what a great family? Seriously. Yeah,
2: I really do. And, and, it, and it's interesting. Years ago when I was on a golf course, when I was in my 30s, out there, you know, one of these sales uh, golf meets, a guy, old tiny guy next to me, he says, he was rich, multimillionaire. I says, how do you get to be a millionaire? You know, I'm only 30 years old. He says, how many kids you have? I said, four boys. He said, wait a minute. He threw down his golf club. He said, you're the richest man in the world. And I'll never forget that. And yeah, I think about it often. I do my walk sometimes and I just have a vision of how fortunate I am to have such fabulous sons. I mean, it's amazing what they've done. Just let them go with the creativity, you know.
1: Now, if you guys think I'm going to sit here and, and applaud and compliment all of you for the rest of the hour, you're out of your mind. I do, but I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. I'm a little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And David yeah. knows, I've been talk, talking to people <laughs> on radio for years. I'm a, I'm a little overwhelmed at the yeah. talent. We'll let it go at that. Okay, gentlemen, it's time for the national holidays. I wish I had some, I wish Josh, everybody say hello to Josh Randell, my engineer. Hello, Josh. Hello, hello Josh. Josh. hello, Josh. There you go. Josh, you've been officially welcomed by the Durazzi family. There we go. Now, uh, let's quickly do the celebrity birthdays today. Might be a couple in here. Oh, somebody's got a phone call. Okay. Yeah. 1940, no, 1946, Naomi Judd was born today. American singer, songwriter, and actress. Happy birthday, Naomi. Everybody say it. Ah, if happy if anybody knows her, her if anybody, is, is anybody, is anybody a favorite? She, oh, do who's that? Vince? Uh, I what
5: do. I lo- Somebody I love said her. they love her. Oh, yeah.
1: Very cool. Now let's go to uh there was a, a English prog- they're all alive. Sometimes I pick people who <clears throat> aren't here anymore. English progressive rock keyboard player and songwriter Tony Kay. Anybody know Tony Kay was born the Tony same K. You do. <laughs> yeah, same birthday him. is Naomi yeah. Judd. They could be oh, brothers. Wow. They could be twins. Who knew? <laughs> now, 1948 today is the birthday of Terry Williams, who's a Welsh drummer, and I have no idea who he is, but I'm a drummer for the past couple of years. I have my own band called Red's Hot Mango, and That's we're on awesome covid uh, hiatus right now in my community here david is a 55 plus community the clubhouse is shut down basically except for outdoor bocce ball and indoor swimming in a lane for 30 minutes sign up a week in advance but we were playing in my garage this summer and we played the three of us we don't have a, a guitar player so i'm on drums i have a bass player and i have a gentleman who's a retired family doctor physician he's a puerto rico native and he has a fabulous voice he plays bongos congas the quadro and he plays trumpet but we wow. get him on we play over tracks and he sings This we, we do the tracks in the background and then we play bass and drums over the track and he sings so we're doing it in my driveway and like 60 people showed up came from <laughs> everywhere, golf carts, they walked, they rode bikes it was really really cool, now with the up of COVID we're in a red zone apparently here in Durham, North Carolina they won't even come to the garage until, until mm. we all get vaccinated so it's But anyway, happy birthday to Terry Williams, a Welsh drummer, because uh, one drummer likes another drummer. Now, Ben Crenshaw, Crenshaw, the American golfer and architect, born today. And his twin, whether he knows it or not, is Lee Rittenauer. Anybody? David, you remember Lee Rittenauer, The American Uh, guitarist, composer, and producer. I think he's had some famous songs. Mary J. Blige. Happy birthday, Mary J. Blige. (laughs) I Mm promise not to sing. Born today. And Amanda Peet, the actress and playwright. I don't know if she was a playwright. So those are the birthdays. Now we're going to do the national holidays. Friday is I. I told you before the show was national bubble bath day. I'm going to get personally. Anybody celebrate bubble bath day on Friday? Ryan looks interested. Ryan, did you? <laughs> Daniel? I love a good yeah.
5: bubble bath, but I didn't know that. <laughs> I welcome. missed it. I, thought, it well, I didn't get the I didn't get the memo.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I should have told you in advance. <laughs> Monday. Today is January 11th. It's national fourth graders day. I don't know why mm. it's national. Nobody be offended. It's national girl hug a boy day. I, I didn't I didn't mm. make this mm, interesting. up. Interesting. It's also in case that really bothers you. It's Milk Day, mm. and it's Hot Toddy Day. Anybody remember David? Do you remember what a Hot Toddy is? I sure yeah. do. You want <laughs> to tell the guys? What you uh, do, Vince. Uh, oh, yeah. what's, what's the recipe for Hot Toddy? Anybody know? I don't whisk?
5: remember. Is whiskey, is whiskey and tea, right? lemon whiskey and
6: honey. Whiskey
5: and tea
1: and honey. Yeah. Yeah, whiskey. Anybody got a, a favorite you put in there? Yeah, Jameson.
2: We'll Jameson, yeah. a little bit of Jameson.
1: Ah, Jameson yeah. Hot toddy. Okay, we yeah. got good names here. So Tuesday tomorrow is National Kiss a Ginger Day. I think ginger is a redhead, <laughs> the other That's kind. But you can oh. all kiss me. It's fine. It's fine. I, I dated a red a man who was a natural natural born redhead years ago, and he told me his nickname was Gingy, and I didn't know why, and now I know. It. Okay, <laughs> it's go. also National Pharmacist Day tomorrow. Is anybody mm. going to go thank their Mm, Vince. Mm,
3: mm, mm. Vince no, has an idea.
1: No. I don't know. I
3: always whenever I think of pharmacist, I think of uh It's a Wonderful Life. How uh Okay how Jimmy Stewart saved the pharmacist from killing a person. So
1: that's that's a very Maybe good that thought. would be
3: good to watch tomorrow.
1: Maybe again, Daniel. You you're going to react to National Pharmacist Day. You got somebody who wants no
4: reaction there. <laughs> I, I don't go see the pharmacists really.
1: Remember, I rarely can see people. you all, so I I can see your expression. So nobody is safe on the show. Okay, Wednesday. This is a little more even tempered. We have National Gluten Free Day. Is anybody here gluten free? I'm certainly not. Anybody gluten free?
3: Nope. Eat too oh, much pizza and pasta being a You're Italian all actually, real people. So, yeah. I
1: love it. Okay. <laughs> it's also National Rubber Ducky Day. Anybody have rubber? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Ryan is doing sound. I have a little rubber ducky that glow in the dark. You know, their little bath accessories are oh, yeah. in the guest bathroom. Those I should have brought them in. Anybody have rubber duckies? No. Nope.
2: Oh, oh my yeah. son does oh. though. Have the tub for the grandkids.
1: There, there you go. Okay. We'll, I sleep we'll, with
6: uh, mine every day under
1: my pillow. I too much information. <laughs> you gotta deal with your brothers. I'm just here for the hour. It's also national sticker day. You know when the kids collect the stickers? I will just let that's because the day before that's because Monday is national fourth graders day. So you got to give them a sticker. Okay. Now, Thursday, January 14th is national dress up your pet day. Who's got a pen? I want to know. Raise your hand. Who's got a pet? Vince, who you got? Dog.
3: Yes, I got two little dogs, Pee Wee and Coco.
1: Very nice. You going to dress them up?
3: We might now, yes. Now that <laughs> I know. have to. Thing. I mean, yeah, let's get creative here.
1: Dave, they're good. Anybody else have a pet? Ryan, anybody, anything? Nope. Kobeola. I got a dog.
4: Daniel does. Billy Holiday, my doggie.
1: Oh, Billy Holiday. Wow. Spelled yep. the right way, B-I-L-L-I-E.
4: Yep.
1: Wow. Are you going to dress Billie Holiday up on National Dress Your Pet Day? Well, I got a
4: Christmas scarf for her for Christmas, so maybe I could do that.
1: There you go. Now, in case that doesn't catch your attention, gentlemen, it's also National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day on Thursday anybody into pastrami I'm, not oh, two- I'm gonna
2: oh, get a pastrami yeah. on Thursday I'm gonna let them know there you go mustard <laughs> a little rye bread a pickle I'm right <laughs> getting hungry there yeah. you go
1: now if that doesn't get you Friday is national bagel day who like how do we like our bagels Michael how do you Poses. like your bagels
6: uh blueberry bagel with blueberry
1: smear gotta go double it's, oh it's smear darling it's smear my <laughs> yeah. people call it a smear Ryan how do you like your bagels a
5: uh, salmon lox bagel some Whoa. capers and some cream Whoa. cheese. Oh,
1: capers! He's an officiant. Do you like? Do you get the Nova or the belly lox? Do you know the difference?
5: Yeah, the Nova.
1: Nova. Yeah, that's for the weak of heart. The belly lox is the stuff. It's so salty. Oh, really? You'll, you'll you grow six that. inches taller when you try the first bite. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's heavy duty. It's real. Anybody else bagels, Vince? Sure. What I love kind of
3: everything? Is- just an everything bagel, toasted with some cream cheese. Oh my god.
1: I just fell in love. I just, I just fell in love. Daniel, what about you bagels?
4: Yes. Plain bagel, toasted cream cheese.
1: All right. David, what about you?
2: I like the, I like the toasted bagel with garlic cream cheese. (laughs)
1: Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'll know what kind of bagels to bring when I come for breakfast or whatever, Hanukkah oh, yeah. morning or Christmas morning with all of you. <laughs> yeah. we're, not, we're exactly. not, Also, it's, I have breaking news. Friday, the 15th of January, not only bagel day, but hat day. Who likes hats? Who wears a hat? Oh. Anybody?
3: Yeah. I love a good hat.
5: Yeah.
1: Okay. What kind of hat do you have? Vince, I saw you raise your hand first. What do you got?
3: I'm a fan of just old baseball hats. And, uh, you know, I do own a couple cowboy hats as well, but I would say, oh, yeah you know Ryan is kind of the big hat guy of this generation and as you probably know from the book read that our grandpa tony wore a bunch of different kind of hats ranging from chinese yes. hats to different yes. hats but Ryan i would say has kind of taken that mantle of the hat wearer of the current generation
1: <laughs> Ryan what's your favorite kind of hat
5: yeah like a good fedora like a good Ooh. cowboy hat or uh, nice yes. a straw hat for summer depends on the weather wool hat for winter
1: nice anybody else michael you got any hats
6: i got a lot of baseball hats yeah i'm a big dodger we're all dodger fans grew up going to games so i got that's kind of my staple of the wardrobe
1: brooklyn dodgers we had them before you did daniel any hats
4: you know i always seem to buy hats but i don't like wearing them um my head gets hot and itchy so (laughs)
1: Oh,
4: sorry
6: <laughs> hear that. That's, i got him a hat for christmas i wish i would have known that uh, no, no i have
2: it i have it
1: i'll wear it you have to come on my radio show to find out what your brother likes okay we'll have to come back before <laughs> yeah. next next christmas david hats in your life
2: yeah i got all kinds of baseball hats i got you know and i like fedora once in a while certain parts of the you know times of the year i like the I've, old fedora
1: I bought the most gorgeous hat in Paris in 19. I'm not going to tell you when. And it's still in the hat box. I brought it back with some perfume. I probably didn't use that either. And the hat is very thin, very elegant, red velvet that feels like felt. But it actually, you can touch it. It's it's flatter than velvet. It doesn't have that pile. And it's got a red grosgrain ribbon. It's got a nice brim on and it's gorgeous. And I have it, some of my... Stuffed animals are wearing it now because I don't. Know. <laughs> ooh, ooh, where where would I wear hats? I guess got to bust it on- out
3: on Friday. I- have no clue.
1: When I have my yeah. bagel, that's right. Now a couple more for you Saturday. If you didn't have a good bagel day, is National Fig Newton Day and National Nothing Day. I don't know uh, what that means. I don't. I know
5: Nothing, nothing Very Day. Nothing Day.
1: Sunday Very the 17th sad. is hot buttered rum day we already had hot toddy day and the next Monday just I want you to be prepared because you won't be on the show with me as far as I know it's national blue Monday Ooh, it's national mm. thesaurus day it could be the day of anything means anything else okay synonym day I, I could come mm-hmm. up with a bunch and it's Winnie the Pooh day next week All so right. there you go Hey
2: Daniel, so those- tell, her, tell her what January 17th is
4: Michelle Obama's birthday. No it's,
2: it's, it's <laughs> no, it's his birthday. It's Daniel's birthday.
1: Oh, should we sing happy birthday to Daniel? No. Hey, why not? It's, on, not
2: happy birthday. Birthday. it's not my birthday. It's not my
3: birthday. It's it's birthday. Eight, it's in
1: six. advance. Happy birthday in advance G, to you. you.
3: Okay. Happy
1: and, bur- okay. No, that's that's good. We're not going <laughs> to we'll win an Emmy for rest. that one, We'll ben.
3: save the rest for the 17.
1: Daniel, yeah. what are you doing for your birthday?
4: Right. COVID lockdown. I mean... Probably nothing, barbecue at home, and I think we're getting good weather this weekend here in L.A., so.
1: Wonderful. Well, we would love to have good weather everywhere, wouldn't we? We're doing, by the way, I moved to the south. I'm going to take a group picture here. Move to the south, Durham, North Carolina, and our temperature these nights is running about 28 degrees. Surprise, surprise. Ah. I was here three months, and there was enough snow to borrow a shovel and shovel, and I spent 45 minutes out at 4.30 in the afternoon. Beautiful, beautiful weather. Gorgeous. Broke my back, and the next morning, it warmed up, and every drop of snow had melted, and I thought, that's what comes from being a New Yorker who learned you got to shovel within 24 hours. You get a ticket, right? Anybody know the New York rules? You got to shovel That's no Long Island know. girl, great neck. What can I tell you? So let's talk. Let's get a little more serious here. And thank you all for sharing the national holidays with me. I'm very, very honored here. David, let's talk a little bit about the the cropping up of mental or mental health issues. I'll just keep it very broad in Tony's life. We talked a little bit before we went on the air today. I assume your sons know all about that, but he had manic highs. He had manic lows. He had breakdowns. He had self- Self, self-committed self times in mental facilities, shall we say, institutions. What's your thought on, on how and when and where you can get into some of the details of the book if you want to, David, but what are your thoughts on the influence of that on his art, his creativity? Then we'll go around the table and get a, uh, the grandson's view. So David, what do you think?
2: Well, what I think I, it, it showed, he just had so much passion for art and what he did, he kept coming back. I mean, you know, it all started when I was six, and I saw him taken away in a straitjacket, and I didn't see my dad for six months, and he came back, and yeah, I didn't know where he went, but then he came back, and he started getting medicated, and then he started doing his art again, and I think whatever, he, he just accepted what he was given, and I think he just kept coming back, and I just kind of was there, and you know, at 14, my mom asked me to help her commit himself because at that time they had to commit themselves. And so I went in a car I'll forget it. And, you know, doctor says to him, Hey, Tony, what do you want to do? You know? And I finally got him there. He looks at me and said, Dave, what do you think I should do? I said, commit yourself, dad. We want you well. And, you know, it was real tough. And I had to do that two or three times in the latter part mm-hmm. of his life. And, you know, it was, it was difficult. And, uh, but it kind of got me stronger realizing You know, whatever you run across in life, you just have to face it head on. And he did so many times. And, you know, he proved that he could always come back no matter how tough things got.
1: Resilience, persistence, dedication, stubbornness, perspicacious, whatever. There's so many words. Well, that's all thesaurus day, so I'll come up with some more. Let's go around the table. Vince, I want to start with you because you edited the book and you did a very nice job, by the way. It's so readable. It's it It just you read it and you say, what? And then you say, wow. And you say, oh my God. You say, (laughs) I know these people now because you've just led us into that door that led to Tony's life. Beautiful job. Vince, what did you you think as you were reading? Thank you. What do you think as you were reading the notes and the scrapbooks and helping your dad put the book together? What did you think about Tony's illness?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it made me think of he followed in the footsteps of so many tortured artists that you hear about throughout history where they end up being these mad geniuses who overcome their mental incapacities by focusing on their art. And when I read about and wrote about all of his ups and downs he faced, it made me realize that the one thing that it seemed he could find peace in was when he focused on his art. Because I think people throughout time have often spoken of art as a kind of meditation where you have to Mm. quiet everything else down in your mind and focus and put the pen to paper or the paintbrush to canvas like he did. And just allow the rest of the world to melt away. And it was time for you to communicate as the artist into your medium. And so I think it probably served as a great form of therapy for him. And even today, you know, there's all sorts of people who use art as therapy. And it was really eye-opening to just hear about his story unfolding by reading through what my dad has had assembled. Just because when I grew up, I was, even though I'm the oldest and I was the only one who overlapped A year or so of our lives with each other, Mm -hmm. I never got to know him and only heard the stories from my father or grandmother or aunts or uncles. And it was really great to be able to see how his life unfolded. While helping put together the book, I learned so much more than I could have ever imagined about what happened to him, the situations that kind of triggered his mental illness in life when he was assaulted when he was living in New York in Mm -hmm. college. And, you know, reading that, when I got to that part of the book, it really shocked me. I was like, I couldn't believe that that had happened. And he wrote it in his journal and I had never heard about that before. And, you know, it was very, it it was very raw to read that and to, Mm -hmm. to have that exposed to me. And, you know, from there, that seemed to set him into motion the rest of his life, the rest of the mental problems he went through from there. But as the title of the book says, you know, in between all of this craziness that transpired the rest of his life, he was able to be an artist in between all of that. And I think that's what really helped him get through his mental issues through life was having his art to fall back on.
1: Thank you. A couple of things you said, in between artists as david described was the art of animation in between the two cells where there was this transition right david where That's tony correct. became he was the ex one of the experts and disney went through i think 1500 applicants and hired four artists and tony was one of those four and they paid ten dollars a week and then he got the job after a month of of a trial of, of a pilot basically an intern if you will and then they paid him 37 dollars a week everybody just let that sink in 37 dollars <laughs> a week and that yeah, was. Good money, but Vince, you said something. You said as his life unfolded, and if we, I, I'm not going to get all ju- judgmental about words, but I love that you use that word because if you think about it, his life almost folded up every time he had a mental breakdown. He almost sure. I'm done. That's it. Put him away somewhere. Lock him up. We can't have time for this. We don't... And he unfolded it again. And he went and did something else. Think of that. How many people in that era, right, David, that's had right. the right. option of having a family that said, well, welcome you back. What do you want to do now? And he picked them up and he moved and he bought another house and he took another job and he sold another thing and he started another radio show. He was like the Energizer Tony. He just didn't stop. I, so I appreciate you using the word unfolded because it dawned on me that he almost folded a whole yeah, bunch of times. What do you think, Vince? Am I right? Yeah,
3: definitely. Yeah, of course. And, you know, he unfolded like all of our lives do at the same time. We're like flowers blooming until uh, we eventually shrivel and die. But, uh,
1: <laughs> you know, I've, I have been known to liken our lives. I haven't used this metaphor in a long time to a quilt everything we do is a square of different colors, different textures, different materials that goes into that quilt. And at every stage in your life, if you just stop and look, I got to write a book, David and Vince. You want to help me edit it? I, I, my life is a quilt, damn it. My bed is warm. I don't know. But seriously, if you look at your Daniel, your quilt is different from Vince's. There might be some squares that are the same because you come from the same family. And Ryan, a little bit different. And Michael and David, definitely. David will have a shared quilt with squares with all of you. But if you think about it, it's it's a patchwork of who we are, where we come from, where we go, the choices we make. I'm getting too philosophical. The hell with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about that mental illness in 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 Tony's life. Daniel, what do you think? Anything you want to weigh in on for that?
4: Well, like Vince is talking about, cause I, I a lot of years of my life was doing art and art, like one of you said is something, it's not something you could force to do, you know, like people, Oh, why don't you get back into art? And you gotta be focused. Like I've even had people Christmas, Oh, buy me paints, buy me canvases. I want to start doing art again. Then I have all this stuff in front of me, but I can't do it it's gotta come to me and you gotta be focused. And I mean, other artists, I know when you're focused, you just, you forget about everything else. When you're painting, you forget, oh, I I don't need to eat today. I'm not gonna shower. And I I could see how it could take you on a path to mental instability because you get so focused in the art you could just like Michelangelo when he did the Sistine Chapel, he was locked in there. I don't know if it was months or years, but you just get focused and you don't care about outside your house or society. So I don't know. Art's a weird thing. You, you get sucked into it, but you can't force yourself to do it.
1: I I agree with you on that. Ryan, let's go to you. Thoughts about art and, and the mental issues Tony went through. Anything you want to say?
4: Yeah. Um,
5: yeah, I agree with Daniel, too. It's like, where's the inspiration coming from? And I often think about, you know, the manic states um, mm-hmm. that he went through and how that fueled probably a lot of the, the amazing things that he was able to do. You know, it's almost like a superpower in, in some ways when your mind is is firing off, you know, and you feel like you you have an edge. Um, and And just to be able to harness that sometimes is difficult, you know. Um, it it could really propel you into some, um, some amazing places, but it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, sometimes it it could shoot you into places that you don't, because you want to be so spontaneous or, or just, um, you know, try different things, think, think outside the box, kind of challenge uh, the norms, uh, whether that be of art or society or just to be able to like really question everything. I think sometimes, it can become a maddening process of, of especially like, you know, creating art and, and analyzing what you're doing and, and thinking about why you're doing it. Um, it's really kind of a, a complex, you know, beautiful thing, but it could also be, you know, pretty scary at some times when, you, when your, your mind is, is functioning in, in ways that maybe aren't, you know, the, the normal ways of, of thinking.
1: There is a solitude. I sometimes decide I'm going to paint at 11, 12, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'll put up a new canvas. Mm-hmm. I'll take out my brushes. I'm going to do watercolors or acrylics. And I find myself painting till 2.30 in the morning. And I don't have music on. I don't have the news on. I live alone. Mm-hmm. The house is quiet. And I just find myself completely sucked into it. it. hasn't taken me anywhere weird, but I do some pretty strange types of painting sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I look at it the next morning. I'll say, okay, I can go to bed now. I did I got whatever it was I used it up for now mm-hmm. now look at the next morning sometimes I say I'm done people say what is it I Say, I don't know you tell me what do you see right what do you see go to the yeah. museum I don't need a title girl in park well who gives a crap yeah. it's what do you see who is that girl and where <laughs> is that park and what was she thinking You, said, right Daniel is, is nodding up Michael I want to go to you that idea I'm not talking mental illness here but for and far as Tony's manic highs and lows what do you think Michael
6: yeah. I think a word that stood out that you've said is resilience. And I mm. kind of tie that to in the, in, in, in the means of creativity. I mean, we all kind of like the opposite of creativity is that resistance that we're all fighting. And, um, you know, and even though his, his, uh, disabilities had some, neg- you know, some negative connotations, there was a lot of positive and, you know, he was dedicated a lot of his life to, um, to fight those resistances and, and, um, you know, he was kind of a warrior in that sense. And we all kind of have that daily battle every day. And, and he, um, he fought those resistances off pretty
1: often. and easily. He did. And, and let me talk to you about another type of creativity, David, you decided to write the book. Yes. No pressure, son, your dad left all kinds of stuff. Go do something with him. Go forth <laughs> and write a book. Okay. No pressure. That's yeah. fine. And how do you pronounce your mom's name? Was it Tretta or Trita?
2: Maltrita.
1: Meltreida, and nickname, I, oh. her
2: nick—he used her nickname used to call Treetop, Treetop,
1: Treetop. Well, interesting. T- Tony met her when she was fourteen, and yes. he was in his twenties. And he respectfully he asked—he uh, he was doing some work for her aunt, and he, and he asked for her phone number, and he was given permission, and he courted her respectfully until she was what seventeen or eighteen. And Correct. after they married, they went and became a vaudeville. act. Are you? <laughs> Serious? I'll sing, you dance. Who does that? Did, did you guys know that your grandfather and grandmother were a vaudeville act? Daniel, yeah. did you know that? Awesome. until you? Yeah. That's just, and then he wanted to be a TV star and a radio star at work. And his paintings were gorgeous. So I have a question. David, do you feel that writing this book as a family effort, who else was involved? Vince did the editing. Who else? Anybody? Touched Brian, it Brian
2: did work with the photos in the book from the scrapbooks. Very, scrapbooks. very nice so job.
1: So did yeah. you, did you feel this was a family project that brought you together And I'm leading to, would you recommend other families find some scrapbooks oh, or journals and, and yeah, do it as a family? I, what do you think?
2: I would highly recommend it because, you know, I've seen my sons go through different patches of life and we all get busy and we, you know, you kind of disconnect, but if you want to connect together and if you have, you know, all that stuff from your last generation, treasure it and see if you could bring it to life and kind of see that DNA that's there. And you'll say, Oh my God, it's there. You know, I really, it was very fulfilling. And I just felt like i become closer to all my boys on account of this. And that wasn't the intention, but boy, what a it would have result. that really it's, it's a great thing to do. I'd highly recommend it to any family out there.
1: Very interesting. Let's go around the table. Do you all agree with your dad, Vince? What do you think families get together sure. with a story?
3: Sure, yeah. I mean, it's basically like doing an archeological dig about (laughs) your own family where you're discovering new things along the way. And who doesn't want to know more about their roots and their family? And the fact that my grandfather left behind these journals was, was huge for this to happen or else it could have never have happened. He left this time capsule for us. I mean, this is before they had the internet computers things like that whereas future generations trying to tell our stories are going to have a lot easier time than we did telling his so very very true there is that
1: i had a a friend who was one of my tv crew when i was doing access tv on long island and his name was peter harkness and the guy was a phd he was a scientist Guy must have been almost seven feet tall. He led tours around the world. He liked to do cruise tours. And he, I think, I'm telling you this because I believe one of his, I think his father or his uncle was a pilot in in a very remote part of World War One and left journals and left pictures. And the family got together and put a book out about now not every family has such illustrious tales my daughter is big on ancestry.com now she's investigating our family and her husband's family and I don't know if we had anybody that illustrious nobody's gonna write a book about me but I've got all my own you know they're stuck with all the radio shows and tv shows Michael what do you think did it bring the family together
6: yeah absolutely yeah definitely I mean yeah, it's a unique experience, and uh, grateful to be able to have a book to to read about a lot of things that I never knew, and and my grandfather I never met, but heard stories, and it was uh, it's pretty awesome to see it in a timeline, and um, yeah, just kind of relate and see those parallels. It's pretty cool.
1: Now I have a tough question, David. You're not going to listen to this. I'm going to start okay. with Vince. At some point, are you going to write a book about David, Vince? <laughs> has anybody asked you this are you good because you've got documentation who knows knows? knows?
3: i mean nothing's off the table at this point
1: is he interesting
3: yeah oh definitely to say the least yeah i don't even know where you would begin that story but um yeah i mean he's led a very full life from what i can tell and i mean i've been there for over four decades of it and had this i've seen him you know grow i mean he's Uh, You know, I think he took more so than the artistic creative, the artistic side of my grandfather, Tony. He, my father, David, is a, a great salesman, which my grandfather, Tony, was also later on in his life. And I think, you know, there's definitely creativity involved in being a salesman as well because you have to think of creative ways to evoke an emotional response from people to get them to buy whatever you're selling, which is, uh, you know, art is all about evoking responses from people as well. But yeah, there's definitely a a lot of material there. And I don't know if he's been keeping journals or logs of uh, his (laughs) life at this point, but that's a definite possibility. We'll see.
1: David, the question has been raised. What are you keeping for your gentlemen's sons here? What are you keeping for them as your your uh, your contribution? I have
2: actually done journals probably for the last twenty years. And really? I have them yeah, and I haven't shared them with anybody, but yeah, I've actually have them stored
1: interesting and who's Mm -hmm. got the key to that are they listening oh yeah Yeah.
2: Daniel what do you
1: think Daniel would you write a book or help write a book about David Uh,
4: of course and back to your question (laughs) about just the story about our grandfather it was so nice to actually have a complete story together because our whole lives we heard little bits and pieces and I couldn't put it all together until this book
1: and yes. that was a gift to the family. Anybody else want to comment about the book or the value to the, what What did your, your, I don't see any women here. Are there any sisters, David, do you have any daughters?
2: Uh, no, all boys, all, all boys, Four boys. Four boys.
1: Yes. Okay. So the question yes. is if any of you are married or have significant others of any type, what do they think about this family endeavor about this book? Any, any comments, Vince?
3: Yeah. I mean, my wife, She was all for it and has been, you know, encouraged me to take part in it as well. And, you know, it's something that I'll be able to hand to my son who's four years old right now. He'll be able to learn about his great grandfather someday because now this time capsule exists that he'll be able to read and future generations will be able to read hundreds of years from now thousands of years from now however long humanity continues <laughs> on the planet so that's the coolest thing about it in my mind is now since we've put this book together is now it exists for the rest of time it's it's there it's out legacy it's mm-hmm. out.
1: exactly it's the a legacy. legacy anybody have any any thoughts about uh any significant others say, "Yeah, I wanted you to work on the book, or I didn't, or what's this book, or I'm glad to learn about your family." Any commentary, Ryan, Michael?
5: Yeah, I think, and uh, anybody I show it to, they're just so fascinated, mm. especially with all the pictures and, and the articles that that are included in the book, and um, and just the story of of you know his success and. And really calling that out. And I think uh, most people that come into contact with it are pretty impressed.
1: Thank you. Michael, I think you remind me of Tony's young pictures. Is Michael the one who looks the most like Tony or am I wrong?
2: It's between Ryan and and Michael. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I I see the resemblance there. We have four minutes left. I have... I'm just going to come out and invite you all back later this year. I just want to keep up with all of you. I'm so intrigued. I'm so impressed. Really, I'm. I, this is not not just a. I'm saying it. I think David knows me well enough. David, I'm so glad you persisted in wow. in getting me to put you. I want to be on your show. I want to be on your show. Damn it! I'm going to be on your show. Give me a date on your show. I said, all right. And look at me. I got the bonus round here. So I'm going to do a little exercise around the table. Let's say you had to leave. God forbid, but for good reason. You had to leave your house in the next 20 minutes. And I gave you a box, 12 by 12 by 12. You can imagine that's either inches or feet or yards as big as the box you can carry. I've had a couple of female guests. I said, what would you take? Put in it. And two women said they put their husbands in it. And I thought that was interesting. It must have been a 12 foot or a 12 yard box. So let's go quickly around the table. I can give you each about 30 seconds. Aside from your phone and aside from your keys and aside from your driver's license and maybe some family pictures, what would you take that would tell us a little bit about who you are? I know this is real quick, but we're almost out of time david f Durrazi, what would you take in that box two things that would tell us who you are
2: okay i'd like the motivational books i would bring cds i'd bring uh, obviously the photos and all that but i'd bring uh, all my baseball memorabilia that i own i mean a handful of the real most important kirk gibson autograph signed photo from the now, big game when he hit the big home run
1: now we got it <laughs> daniel what would be in the box Real fast. I'd bring,
4: I'd bring some of my artwork, whatever that could fit in there. I can't reproduce the paintings. And then I'd bring what I can scrapbook wise of my grandfather.
1: Thank you. Vince, what would be in the box?
4: Well, since
3: my dogs are small, I would bring them. And then I would also <laughs> bring along probably my, a bunch of my record collection. Very. And if I could squeeze it in there, some of my musical instruments that I've collected over the years.
1: Very. And what would be your favorite musical instrument to, to take?
3: Ah, uh, probably my acoustic guitar.
1: Oh, nice, Ryan. What would be in the box?
5: Yeah, Vince and I are in a band too, so I, I think uh, yeah, I'd bring my my guitar, some uh, sketchbooks, and uh some paints.
1: Michael, what's in the box?
6: um I think I'd put um, some hiking shoes in there. I'm a big hiker, and. Uh, and probably the in between artist. Gotta throw that
5: in <laughs> there. Oh, right. very right.
1: nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I would take my red lipstick. And an appointment every fourth Wednesday to a (laughs) salon somewhere nearby to keep being radio red. There you go. That's all I'm going to give away. I found, I was looking for some old, uh, a guest who'd been on a radio show with me years ago and I found notes from a show I did about six years ago. I just resubscribed to Quark Express and all my show notes were in Quark. Now they're in Word. And I was able to, I've got 30 seconds. So I'm going to read a little closing I used to do. And I think you'll all identify. Gentlemen, don't go away because we have a few minutes together after we stop. So life is short. Break the rules, forgive quickly, kiss slowly, love truly, laugh uncontrollably, and never regret anything that made you smile. And my closing words are, thank you, everyone. Thank you for turning me on. Let's just leave that one on the table. Derazi family, wave goodbye. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye bye for Red. Radio thanks Red. For here us here we Red. go. Don't go away. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Talk bye, to bye. you bye. next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.